0: So, um, in the first sermon, I talked about water and the need for water. Um, You can survive two or three days without water, but after that, you're going to be in trouble. Um, And sometimes in in real hot climates, uh, you can cut that time in half, so a day and a half, you can go without water. Secondly, we talked about shelter, that you need shelter to get you out of the elements and also to give you a place for sleep. Today we're going to talk about the third uh, survival need when you're out in the wilderness, and that is fire. Now, there are many ways to make fire, um, and I'm going to share with you some of those. First is simply some matches. That's the easy way to make fire, is you just have a box of matches. Sometimes you don't have that in the wilderness. The second easy way is by using a lighter easy way to start a fire now if you don't have matches or a lighter excuse me i'm cold i probably need a fire myself Um, a third way that you can make fire is with a magnifying glass and this one's a um has a high magnification on it and what you simply do is put the the sun's beam on whatever it is you're trying to start and it will light Uh, The disadvantage to having this, of course, is if it's overcast, like it is today, it won't work. And there's a fourth way that you can start fire, and that's with a striker. Now, a striker, you strike it, and it has to be specific. You have to be right over what you're trying to to light, and you also need a knife. And you strike the flint, and it produces a spark. And, of course, the spark then produces fire. Now, another way that you can start fire is by what I call a fire bow. This fire bow I made when I was out on my survival weekend. uh, It's just a stick, and I carved it down, you can see, and I put para-rope on it. But if you're in the wilderness and you don't have para-rope with you, then you can use your boot laces. You can tie those of course they're not going to be as good but you can still pull it off. Then you need a top block and this you press down on the spindle which I'll show you in a second and you press down on it and hold it and it creates friction. Here's the spindle that I made carved out of wood. You can see I've used it before to start fire you also need a fire catch this was carved out as well and but one of these one thing that all of these need is they need something to catch this is where your fire bundle comes in and I've put a little fluff stuff from uh, cattails on there Um, and this will help ignite the fire So there are many, many ways, excuse me, there are many, many ways to start fires when you're out in the woods or to start a fire when you're out in the woods. Today, we're gonna talk about another fire and that is the day of judgment. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter three, verses 11 to 15, and we're gonna talk about another fire. And what I want you to take from this sermon is to think fire. Let's go. Do not try that when it's 19 degrees out, I can tell you that. It's pretty, pretty rough. I could have started one, but they'd have probably told me not to. Um, 1 Corinthians, written by the Apostle Paul, probably 53 to 57 uh, A.D., The reason that he wrote to to the church at Corinth, there were several reasons. First of all, the church was in bad shape. Uh, They had divisions in the church. People were causing problems. Uh, There were moral failures in the church, marriage issues in the church, and they were abusing the Lord's Supper. So here you have a church that the Apostle Paul writes to, And what he wants to do is remind them that there is an end game coming. He sets this up front in the beginning of this book or this epistle that he wrote. He wants them to to be reminded of the fact that there's a day coming that their works are gonna be judged by God's fire. Mm -hmm. And what he tells us is, first of all, that we build on Christ. We build on Christ and he mentions the foundation. For no one, the Apostle Paul writes, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. The foundation, thamelios. Thamelios means a structure which is built. It is a foundational stone. Um, We are reminded that Christ is the cornerstone, but some here in Corinth were trying to lay their own foundation. In fact, if you look with me, In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just before this, when one says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos. Are are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? And he goes on to say, servants, though you believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted and Apollos uh, watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he knew plants. Nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And what the Apostle Paul is saying here is, you guys are following and you're putting these these preachers and these ministers up on a pedestal and you act as if they are the foundation of the church. You act as if they were the ones that laid the foundation. Uh, Warren Wiersbe is correct. In more than 30 years of ministry, I have seen churches try to build on famous preachers or special methods or a doctrinal emphasis they felt was important. But these ministries simply do not last. We must be reminded this morning that not only is the church built on the foundation of Christ, but we ourselves are built on the foundation of Christ. We're reminded of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not, proclaim, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech, or what he would call earthly wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The Apostle Paul wants to take the church back to the foundation as a, as a framework for which they can begin to do ministry in their lives. You should not have division when Christ is the foundation. You should not have problems in your marriage when Christ is the foundation. You should not have problems... with moral failures when Christ is the foundation and when you conduct the Lord's Supper it should be on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Here's, here's the game in a nutshell. Jesus Christ is the foundation by the fact that he went to the cross to pay for the sins of the world and to pay for our sins and he then becomes the foundation or the cornerstone by which the entire church is built. Now, I'm wondering if you're, if you're the reader, if you're the, uh, the ancient readers here and you're reading this, you're, you're getting a sense of, wait a minute, maybe we've gone too far. Maybe, uh, maybe us living like we are living, we forget that Christ is the foundation. He was the one that gave us everything. And then the Apostle Paul puts it forth in a test. So here's the foundation that was laid that the Apostle Paul just mentioned. There's only one foundation, and that's Jesus Christ. Now notice verse 12. Verse 12. Now if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. And then he stops. The foundation which is laid, we are now building upon. The foundation which is laid, we are now building upon. 1 Peter 2.5 says it this way, For you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We have the foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Now the Apostle Paul gives two ways in which you can build your life upon that foundation. And here's the materials. He mentions gold, silver, precious stones. Opposed to this is wood, hay, and straw. I want you to notice the stark contrast between these two. These are costly. These are not. You have gold, silver, precious stone, then you have wood, hay, and straw. Some translations say stubble. Um, the one with the gold, silver, and precious stone, they are enduring. If they catch fire, they just liquefy, except the precious stones, which you can clean those up. They do not lose their value. In fact, they would would melt gold, and then they would wait for the dross to come up. They would clean that off, and you'd have pure gold left. However, the ones over here, they burn easily. They're common, they're cheap, and they're easy to obtain. Paul's point is this. Are you giving your best to Christ? In what you do, are you giving your best to Christ? Is He the foundation and cornerstone of your life? And if He is the foundation and cornerstone of your life, then you need to be building something that is in keeping with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that simply means giving God. Our best. Rick Renner is absolutely right when he says this. By using this illustration, Paul was confronting us with the question, how are you building your life? Are you building hastily and with perishable materials? Or are you taking your life seriously, building carefully with the materials that will last throughout your life and are strong enough to impact not only this present generation, but also the generations to come? We mentioned earlier in the, the video, Annie Armstrong, 100 years ago, let, she's left a foundation for the East Annie, Annie Armstrong Easter offering. How are you building your life? It's a good question. It's a tough question. It forces us to think about our own lives And how we are living for him. Are we giving God the best? Or are we giving God the leftovers of our lives? And what I want us to be mindful of. Is that we are the framework. In which the kingdom of God is being built. The foundation. Why you are here today. Why I am here today. Why am I preaching. Is because Christ is the foundation. Without him. We are nothing. But it's as we live our lives and as we work for the kingdom of God and as we do the ministry, the work of ministry, we are adding to the foundation. We are building up on the foundation in which Christ started. Now you'll notice in verse 13, he says, Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. I want to share a couple thoughts here. First of all, each man's work. Each man's. That's you, that's me. Here's something. I will not stand in judgment for you, and you will not stand in judgment for me. It will be based solely on you. You cannot in that day say, "Well, can I bring in somebody to help me go through this?" No, it will be a one-on-one examination of your work and mine. Now, the word "work" is ergon. We've seen this work before, or this word before. It refers to workmanship. That's what the word literally means: workmanship. One of the great things of uh, I love the violin, and, and this is a master craftsman here creating a violin, he takes great patience to work with the wood and to shape it just right. So, so it, will be, it will be perfect. It, it will be a reflection of what he has done with his hands. It, he wants it to represent him. He wants it to be something that is beautiful, that, that when it is played, it will bring wonderful joy to, to the listener. And, and brothers and sisters, that's what we think about when we think about our own lives. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are the ones who were created in Christ for good works. Ergon, we are craftsmen. We are those who are shaping, and what we shape in our lives is a reflection of the foundation. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you spending time thinking about things that are eternal versus things that are temporal? It's a good question. It's a good question. When I sit down and I say this maybe a little bit reluctantly. um, when, When I sit down and I... Open the word of God and as I begin studying each word and how that word is connected to the word before and, and what nuance of that word uh, can, can mean, I, I painstakingly take time to dig in. And, and, and because I know, I know that the God who called me will judge me someday. I do not take this, oh, I'm just going to go on the Internet and I'm going to get a sermon. No, I sit down and I go through it. And God is my witness. As I go through this, I'm asking myself the question, is this pleasing to you, God? Or are you happy with my work? And so I go through and I develop, it's it's a lengthy process, I get it, and some pastors don't want to do it, but I do. And so I go through each process because I want it to reflect. I want it to reflect the foundation. And that's why I take so much time, and I don't take pride in it, no, because anything that I could possibly bring to the table is not good enough. But I want to reflect Jesus Christ. In the sermon, and I want to ask the question Does this glorify Christ or does this glorify me? Because if it glorifies me, I don't want it. I don't want it. All I want to do is magnify the Savior who redeemed me, paid for my sin, and set me on the road to the eternal life. This word manifest, phonaros. Phan listen to this. This is awesome. Easily known, clear, plain to everyone. Easily known, clear, plain to everyone. Each one's work will become manifest. It will be clear. For the day, notice day is capitalized there, It refers to the day of judgment, 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Think fire. Think fire. And this is really a good motivator to live our Christian lives, is it not? To think that someday everything that we've done in the body will be brought before the Savior. And you're going to be standing like this. I'm not trying to scare people. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to motivate you to think about, wow, okay, I'm going to stand before God, and what I do is going to be plain and clear and understandable. It will be revealed by fire. And that word means to uncover. So as our works pass before the fire... We're going to go, and every, and Christ is going to go, yeah, it's clear. You did this, not for me. You did this for you, or you did it for some other reason. And that, I think if we get this think fire in our mind as we wake up tomorrow morning and we live our lives, it might change how we do things and, and how we think about things and, and how we progress in our Christian walk. The fire will test it. Dokimazo. Dokimazo. And the fire will test. Dokimazo means to learn the genuineness of something. You know what? We think, maybe in our minds, I don't know, maybe even in our hearts, we think that we're going to be able to hide what we've done from the Savior. That, that, that somehow, that box over there, God won't mess with. Jesus Christ won't mess with it. But it will pass through the fire, and you will know, and God will know, at that point, Jesus Christ will look at it and go, oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that was not done for me. That's not, that's not going gonna to pass. Dokimazo. Let me ask you a question. What are you building on today? Are you spending a lot of your time on the temporal, that stuff which will pass? Or are you focused on the eternal? It's a big question. It's a good question to ask. It might reshape. Let me, let me give you some quick thoughts ab- about the test. These are just my thoughts, uh, questions. Number one, does it glorify Christ? Number one, does it glorify Christ? Christ. If it doesn't glorify Christ the question naturally is asked why why do it? Why should I spend time on something that doesn't glorify Christ? A second question, is it done out of love? Have you ever met somebody that has done something and you're pretty sure that they've done it out of spite, but it looks religious? or it looks like they're doing a good deed, but they've probably not had the best motives, guess what? That will pass through the fire, and it will be revealed. See, people people tend to think that there's not this real judgment. And all of us that are under grace, right? We're all under grace. We're saved, our past, present, future sins, they're done away with. But our motives and the intent is what is so important to God. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. talks to us and says, Mike, Mike, Mike. (laughs) Sounds like that Wednesday commercial. Mike, 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 what day is it? Wednesday, hump day. No, Mike, that is not done with the right motives. You know that. And then the Holy Spirit begins to convict. And then the best thing to do at that point is to say, I ask for forgiveness of them. I uh, ask forgiveness of this for what I did, and it'll be done away with. Done. That won't come before the throne because you repented of it. And I know people that make a living under the banner of grace, and what they really do is they use the grace of God to disgrace the grace of God. Where it becomes, as Diedrich Bonhoeffer once said, cheap grace. Grace that allows you to run wild and do whatever you want to do. And yet, I'm saved. By the way, our text will show that. By the way, our text will show that. A third question, is it done from a pure heart? How many times as your pastor in 10 years have I said, the easiest way to get to your motives is ask, why am I doing what I am doing, right? If If you can answer that truthfully and say, I'm doing this because I love Christ, I love the church, I love people, brothers and sisters, I say, go for it. But if there's something in you that goes, I may be doing this to put one up on John or to put one up on Jim. That's not going to hold water because the day will make it manifest. It will be known. It will be clear. Even to us, I think, standing there in front of Christ, it's going to be clear. Oops, he knows about this. Yeah, of course he does. He, he knows everything about you. He knows your mind. He knows your heart. He knows everything. This is the big one. Or is it done out of selfish motives? Again, brothers and sisters, this is a time of self-reflection. Think fire tomorrow morning when you wake up. Think fire. We build on Christ. We want to build on something that will last. We want to reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. We want to reflect the majesty of Jesus. We want... We want to focus so much on Christ that no matter what comes before the day of judgment, it will survive. This got me thinking this week about my own life and thinking about, well, Lord, uh, I want to make sure that this is right. Not that you lose your salvation. I want you to understand that. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's something that's factual. I know that. But maybe scan back through your life and maybe just repent of anything. that, If you could think of specifically, ask God to forgive you and you'll be done with. See, Jesus Christ is still in the forgiving business, right? He still forgives us. He He forgives us up until the day we go to be with him and then we're busy praising him and glorifying him. Well, we build on Christ to receive rewards. We build on Christ to receive rewards. Notice what he says in verse 14. If the work, ergon, the workmanship, think workmanship, you are a workman. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. This is an interesting if. It's called a first-class conditional in the Greek language. And what it means is this. It's not, if you do this, this will happen. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this with the assumption that this is going to be the case on the day of judgment. It's an assumption that some are going to build their, their, their workmanship, is going to pass through the fire, and they'll receive reward. The Apostle Paul is saying this is something that will happen. He is assuming that this is going to ha- take place. Now, the word minnow, which is the word survive or survives. It means to continue to be in existence. So, in other words, the day of judgment before the Bema Seat of Christ, you're there. Your works begin to be put to the test. And then after the test, it still stands. You get a reward. It passed. That's the test, the fire test. The reward, mistos, is a wage or pay, or to be paid back. So, as our works pass before the judgment seat of Christ, and it's clearly known what it is, it comes out, if you could put it in this terminology, I'm not even sure this is correct, but I'm just trying to give you a visual picture. Your works pass through, and they're still there, You get a reward. Doesn't say what the reward is, but we should be about the reward business. So important for us to think fire. Let's review where we're at. Christ is the foundation. And we're built upon the apostles and the prophets and things like that. But ultimately, we are building the invisible kingdom of God. You can't see this church. It resides within us. Actually, you are a mini church, if you want to put it that way. You have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. But overall, the universal church, not the universal church in the sense that everybody comes in. But universal church in the kingdom of God or Christendom is being built. And we are building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. When you think about what you do every day and what you do for for Jesus and, and what you do here in the church, think about you are adding to the frame of the cornerstone that you are building up the kingdom of God. And the question is, what kind of church do we want to have? Do we want to have a church that is built on our own motives or our own desires? No. We build upon Christ. Some of those works will survive. Some... Sadly, will not. Notice what he writes. If, assuming to be true, anyone whose works is burned up, katakio. Katakio means reduced to ashes. The day standing before Jesus Christ. This man loses his home. I get it. He's in disbelief. Will that be us on the day of judgment? When we look at our works and we go, I was living for me. I was living for me. It burned up. It didn't pass. And you're going to know it didn't pass because it will be revealed by Jesus Christ. Your selfishness, your, your sinfulness... Your ungodliness will just, it'll be burned up. And what you, if this, this is not how I want our church to look at the end of this journey. That's why it's so important for us as a church and us as individuals to make sure that when we are building, we are using precious stones, gold and silver, simply means they were hard to find back in those days. You give God the best and make sure that the motives are right. So at the end of the journey, and I'm telling you as your pastor and under-shepherd to Jesus Christ, this day will come. And you can't stand before Jesus and say, Pastor Mike never told us because that'll come up too and they'll see that as well. Now, what happens What happens to somebody that lives like this? Where everything that they have is, you could say, up in smoke. What happens to that person who is truly born again, but never got beyond? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should never perish but have eternal life. And that person is a baby or an infant in Christ and lives his life or her life doing what they want to do, hurting people, kicking the people around, uh, doing shady deals, doing all this stuff, and knowing that they were saved by the blood of Christ. This is what this person looks like. You say, Pastor Mike, you can't possibly... You mean you could possibly live like that and still get in? You can. Thank goodness I am not the judge. You can because our scripture says it. He will suffer loss. And that word means to forfeit. When it passes through. You can see it this way, poof, poof, poof. It's all up in smoke. He forfeits rewards. And I'm I'm not saying you should work for rewards specifically, because that may get poof too, if you're just working it to, to get something out of it. No, you work because you love Christ. Forget the rewards. Most people that I know of that really love Jesus, they don't announce what they do. They don't announce it. See this? Look at what I did over here. What do you think of it? Oh, I think it's going to get burned up. It's what I'm thinking. Is what I'm thinking. I think that's pretty well shot it. <laughs> but, but, notice, notice here. Listen to this. He will be saved. You can live your life like this. Not a good way. You don't go out of here today saying, Pastor Mike said, I can live however I want. No, I didn't say that. I'm saying you can. You you go ahead. You can do this. But even if you're in that condition and you've truly trusted in Jesus Christ, he says, sozo. You know what sozo means? It means three things. It can mean physical health doesn't count here. It can mean deliverance from destruction. I don't think that is what it means here either. But there's a third, and that means delivered into divine salvation. Even though everything that you have is burnt to the ground, the foundation holds. The foundation Alan Johnson says this, Ill-advised, misdirected Christian ministry will be weighed and found wanting. Those who have so constructed will suffer loss of the praise from Christ, but because salvation is based on grace, not works, they will be saved yet as if by the skin of their That's not how I want to live my life. And that really shouldn't be how you want to live your life. But do you know what I see here? This sh- I, I think Paul, I think he drops it in here to remind them of the grace of God. He drops it in to remind them the grace of God. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm telling you. God should say, and if I was God, and it's a good thing I'm not, this person did not live for me, did not work for me. Okay, you're not getting in. But thank goodness I'm not God. And we are under the grace of God. And God will still. Let us in. That's amazing. That is simply amazing. That fried my mind this week. That fried my mind this week. Think fire. How are you living for Christ? How are you living for Christ? What are you spending your time on? Does it glorify Christ? Does it add to the kingdom? What's your motives for doing it? Are you doing quality work? Are you doing quality work? You've got to remember something, you and I were saved and we're eternally secure. I get that. But there's coming a day when All of our stuff will be unboxed, placed out, and it will pass through the fire.